Hello, you're listening to Work From Home, a Lower Street podcast where we help you stay connected, productive and sane whilst working remotely. I'm Alex. I'm Harry. Today, we're taking a look at some working from home tips on Twitter. There's a thread here from a guy called SVBL. I don't even know how you're (laughs) supposed to pronounce that. But he gives what is a fairly standard work from home list of tips. Number one, set up a space for work as opposed to a space for life within the house. Now, Harry, I know that you have a attic that you hide yourself away in where you do your work. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that doesn't work very well for hiding. My wife and child seem to find me quite fine whenever they want to. But no, it is. It, I think it's really important. This is one thing that actually came up. I think we mentioned a resource a while ago, Christian Henson's uh, kind of guide to working from home, the, the composer, Christian Henson. And he, this is one of the things that comes up actually in, in this advice as well, is aside from sort of not going to work in your pyjamas, i.e. rolling out of bed and just sort of working in your kind of PJs, but actually sort of take your work environment seriously and treat it as a work environment because I think it helps you to sort of mentally separate it's like it's partly the separation of work and life, um, but it's also just to help you get in the zone. I think having a really good and well-organized workspace is, is really important. I say, Well, I say well-organized. I should say designated because mine is certainly not well-organized. I have all manner of rubbish strewn across my room and desk, uh, which they I'm pretty sure they say is a sign of genius, so I'm, I'm sticking to it. But uh, you say so yourself. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's really important to just be able to have a, a space where you can go, okay, and get into a, a work frame of mind. Um, a lot of these guides, Svobles included, include kind of the idea of, you know, waking up, having a breakfast, having a shower, get dressed as if you're going to work um, to really kind of trigger those kind of mental those mental switches, I guess. And um, we talked, I think, before a bit about the, the third space and the idea of leaving the house and commuting to work, even if your work is in your flat. Obviously, not for, that's not possible for everybody. A lot of people are literally quarantined to the stage of, of being in, in their flat without a garden or anything. So it's not something that everyone can do. But but I think taking a time to, to get dressed, have a shower, like a, a regular work routine, leave the house for five minutes, walk to work in adverted commas, and then return home to your dedicated workspace. I think it's really important to to kind of get yourself in the in the work mindset. I think this is an opportunity for me to to provide a different perspective because I don't do any of that at all. In episode twelve, I talked about a tip which was have a morning ritual, and I don't even have one of those. I wake up and I immediately begin working because for me in my few years of trial and error, I find that that's what works best. And in fact, I'm less inclined to even bother getting up if I'm getting up to do anything other than a task, a specific task. So for me, just sort of powering on in the morning and then finishing relatively early and doing all of that self-care stuff in the afternoon works better for me. You know, my third space would be this afternoon when I finish around one or two I'll do some exercise and that will be my my dividing line between work and the rest of the day. Yeah, no, that's cool. I like that. And and kind of, I, and I think that's the main point, really. It's just a different way of approaching it because the, the main point, I think, uh, at least as I interpret it, is is just to have that separation of, of work and not work. And it's so easy when working from home for those lines to be blurred to the point of, of not being distinguishable. And like the lines are extremely blurry in my life at the moment. And so I guess I'm... I'm not exactly in a position to uh, 
give the best advice that I follow myself. But I definitely have found that when I do, when I am more strict with my time and with my setup and with where and when I'm working, I, I get more done and then I'm able to switch off much better at the end of the day. But uh, it's definitely hard to convince yourself of that in the morning when you've got an email and you're looking at your phone in bed and then you're like, oh, and then you've already started and you're in bed. It's it's very easy to fall into that trap, I found. Well, the trick is to have the most obnoxious alarm and have it on the other side of the room. So I'm actually is that your, is that what you do? And, oh, yes. <laughs> nice, um, okay. <laughs> and then I'm physically up. And although I am, and I know this very well, I am more than capable of climbing right back into bed and going to sleep. Mm. I am up. So the most difficult part of waking up is is done. And there used to be an actual like harsh beeping noise but I just ended up really resenting being alive in the morning. So <laughs> yeah, I searched okay. out for something a little more relaxed. I think there's bird song or something in it. Okay, interesting. Because I, I had you down as quite a morning person. So it, it doesn't, because you do sort of rise early and and get stuff done. And so I, I didn't have you down as this other person that would sort of struggle to get out of bed. I struggle to get out of bed regardless. It's not a it's right. not a morning thing. I love sleeping and I would genuinely sleep twelve hours a day if I could, but I can't and I shouldn't. So <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Very good. That's that's a good level of self control. And you know, you say getting up early, but I, I go to sleep at or before ten, so I'm still getting my, my eight hours. I'm not I'm not deprived. Yeah, no, that's very good. And I very much am deprived. I uh, I, I don't I quite regularly find myself getting caught up with work things after like dinner. My wife goes to bed early because we have a 10 month old son who wakes up regularly. So she's always in bed very, very early. And I tend to stay downstairs and very frequently the temptation to look at work emails comes up. And then I find myself sort of half working and my brain getting switched on and kind of into gear and the stress kicking in. And then uh, before I know it, it's midnight and I'm going to bed and, and then my son wakes us up at five or 6am and I'm absolutely not getting our eight hours, my eight hours sleep. So do as I say, not as I do follow the tips in this, in this, in this guide that we're linking to. Yes. And I've found that even if it is subconscious, I have set up my, my phone in a way that I don't actually get alerts for anything to do with the work which wasn't a conscious decision, but something deep inside of me must have been screaming at me not to, because I don't, because it is so, it's, it seems like a useful thing to do. You know, I'll just check a couple of emails, get a little bit of work done. And before you know it, it's, you know, you're down the drain and you're, well. Exactly. And even if you don't get, even if you don't fully absorb yourself in that task, it's still triggered that in your brain and it's still working away in, in your subconscious. And so it just will niggle you and, and suddenly you'll be falling asleep and you're going, oh shit, what about that thing I've got to prepare for tomorrow or whatever. Switching notifications off your phone is a big one, I think. I've found that uh, removing Slack from my from my phone has been really helpful in detaching in that way because, you know, because Slack will ping you at any given time. This, you know, it's asynchronous in, in that way. You just could literally get a ping at any moment and it can really throw you. So um, so don't use TV, YouTube, Twitch, Netflix or similar for your breaks because they'll distract you from work. And I think this is interesting because I do use YouTube. I definitely don't use Netflix. That's like, that's guaranteeing that you're going to lose significant amounts of time. Um, I don't watch TV anyway. Twitch is you know but youtube i do i like to sometimes especially if i'm editing as that's my the majority of my job if i want to clean my ears as it were 
I will put some music on or something to kind of wash my my head out from whatever I was listening to before as like a palate cleanser. Yeah, nice. Otherwise, you spend all day editing and they kind of all merge into one. The opportunity or the potential for you to get totally distracted and end up down some sort of horrifying YouTube rabbit hole is there. But I think it it does work if you can train yourself to dip in and out of it. Yeah, I tell myself that it's a good thing to dip in and out of, but I find myself in the hole more often than I do kind of dipping in and dipping out. I, it's it's really um, addictive. My wife will tell you, YouTube is my, my number one nemesis. Cool, that's all we have for this episode. As ever, we would love to hear your feedback. It really helps for us to develop the show and make sure we're putting stuff out that you want to be listening to and that is useful to you. Um, so please email us, wfh at lowerstreet.co. And also, if you are enjoying the podcast, we'd really, really appreciate it. It would help us reach more people who are kind of adapting to this new remote work environment. It'd be really helpful if you could share this episode with at least one person that you know, whether it's a friend or a family member or a colleague uh, that's also kind of new to working from home and looking for some help in that regard. WFHpodcast.com. Thanks very much for listening.